This is Chapter Sixty Six of Roughing It. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Roughing It by Mark Twain. Chapter Sixty Six. Passing through the marketplace, we saw that feature of Honolulu under its most favorable auspices that is, in the full glory of Saturday afternoon, which is a festive day with the natives. The native girls, by twos and threes, and parties of a dozen, and sometimes in whole platoons and companies, went cantering up and down the neighboring streets astride of fleet but homely horses, and with their gaudy riding habits streaming like banners behind them. Such a troop of free and easy riders in their natural home, the saddle, makes a gay and graceful spectacle. The riding habit I speak of is simply a long, broad scarf, like a tavern tablecloth brilliantly colored, wrapped around the loins once, then apparently passed between the limbs and each end thrown backward over the same, and floating and flapping behind on both sides, beyond the horse's tail, like a couple of fancy flags. Then slipping the stirrup-irons between her toes, the girl throws her chest forward, sits up like a major-general, and goes sweeping by like the wind. The girls put on all the finery they can on Saturday afternoon—fine black silk robes, flowing red ones that nearly put your eyes out, others as white as snow, still others that discount the rainbow, and they wear their hair in nets, and trim their jaunty hats with fresh flowers and encircle their dusky throats with home-made necklaces of the brilliant vermilion-tinted blossom of the Ohio, and they fill the markets and the adjacent street with their bright presences, and smell like a rag-factory on fire with their offensive coconut oil. Occasionally you see a heathen from the sunny isles, away down in the South Seas, with his face and neck tattooed till he looks like the customary mendicant from Washu, who has been blown up in a mine. Some are tattooed a dead blue color down to the upper lip, masked, as it were, leaving the natural light yellow skin of Micronesia unstained from thence down. Some with broad marks drawn down from hair to neck on both sides of the face, and a strip of the original yellow skin two inches wide down the center, a gridiron with a spoke broken out and some with the entire face discolored with the popular mortification tint, relieved only by one or two thin, wavy threads of natural yellow running across the face from ear to ear, and eyes twinkling out of this darkness from under shadowy hat-brims, like stars in the dark of the moon. Moving among the stirring crowds you come to the poi merchants, squatting in the shade on their hams in true native fashion, and surrounded by purchasers. The Sandwich Islanders always squat on their hams, and who knows, but they may be the old original ham sandwiches. The thought is pregnant with interest. The poi looks like common flour paste, and is kept in large bowls formed of a species of gourd, and capable of holding from one to three or four gallons. Poi is the chief article of food among the natives, and is prepared from the taro plant. The taro root looks like a thick, or, if you please, a corpulent sweet potato, in shape, but is of a light purple color when boiled. When boiled it answers as a passable substitute for bread. 
the buck kanakas bake it underground then mash it up well with a heavy lava pestle mix water with it until it becomes a paste set it aside and let it ferment and then it is poi and an unseductive mixture it is almost tasteless before it ferments and too sour for a luxury afterward but nothing is more nutritious when solely used however it produces acrid humors a fact which sufficiently accounts for the humorous character of the kanakas i think there must be as much of a knack in handling poi as there is in eating with chopsticks the forefinger is thrust into the mess and stirred quickly round several times and drawn as quickly out thickly coated just as if it were poulticed the head is thrown back the finger inserted in the mouth and the delicacy stripped off and swallowed the eye closing gently meanwhile in a languid sort of ecstasy many a different finger goes into the same bowl and many a different kind of dirt and shade and quality of flavor is added to the virtues of its contents around a small shanty was collected a crowd of natives buying the awa root it is said that but for the use of this root the destruction of the people in former times by certain imported diseases would have been far greater than it was and by others it is said that this is merely a fancy all agree that poi will rejuvenate a man who is used up and his vitality almost annihilated by hard drinking and that in some kinds of diseases it will restore health after all medicines have failed but all are not willing to allow to the awa the virtues claimed for it the natives manufacture an intoxicating drink from it which is fearful in its effects when persistently indulged in it covers the body with dry white scales inflames the eyes and causes premature decrepitude although the man before whose establishment we stopped has to pay a government license of eight hundred dollars a year for the exclusive right to sell awa root it is said that he makes a small fortune every twelve months while saloon keepers who pay a thousand dollars a year for the privilege of retailing whiskey etc only make a bare living we found the fish market crowded for the native is very fond of fish and eats the article raw and alive let us change the subject in old times here saturday was a grand gala day indeed all the native population of the town forsook their labors and those of the surrounding country journeyed to the city then the white folks had to stay indoors for every street was so packed with charging cavaliers and cavalieresses that it was next to impossible to thread one's way through the cavalcades without getting crippled at night they feasted and the girls danced the lascivious hula hula a dance that is said to exhibit the very perfection of educated notion of limb and arm hand head and body and the exactest uniformity of movement and accuracy of time it was performed by a circle of girls with no raiment on them to speak of who went through an infinite variety of motions and figures without prompting and yet so true was their time and in such perfect concert did they move that when they were placed in a straight line hands arms bodies limbs and heads waved swayed gesticulated bowed stooped whirled squirmed twisted and undulated as if they were part and parcel of a single individual and it was difficult to believe they were not moved in a body by some exquisite piece of mechanism 
of late years however saturday has lost most of its quondam gala features this weekly stampede of the natives interfered too much with labor and the interests of the white folks and by sticking in a law here and preaching a sermon there and by various other means they gradually broke it up the demoralizing hula-hula was forbidden to be performed save at night with closed doors in presence of few spectators and only by permission duly procured from the authorities and the payment of ten dollars for the same there are few girls nowadays able to dance this ancient national dance in the highest perfection of the art the missionaries have christianized and educated all the natives they all belong to the church and there is not one of them above the age of eight years but can read and write with facility in the native tongue it is the most universally educated race of people outside of china they have any quantity of books printed in the kanaka language and all the natives are fond of reading they are inveterate church-goers nothing can keep them away all this ameliorating cultivation has at last built up in the native women a profound respect for chastity in other people perhaps that is enough to say on that head the national sin will die out when the race does but perhaps not earlier but doubtless this purifying is not far off when we reflect that contact with civilization and the whites has reduced the native population from four hundred thousand captain cook's estimate to fifty-five thousand in something over eighty years society is a queer medley in this notable missionary whaling and governmental centre if you get into conversation with a stranger and experience that natural desire to know what sort of ground you are treading on by finding out what manner of man your stranger is strike out boldly and address him as captain watch him narrowly and if you see by his countenance that you are on the wrong tack ask him where he preaches it is a safe bet that he is either a missionary or captain of a whaler i am now personally acquainted with seventy-two captains and ninety-six missionaries the captains and ministers form one half of the population the third fourth is composed of common kanakas and mercantile foreigners and their families and the final fourth is made up of high officers of the hawaiian government and there are just about cats enough for three apiece all around a solemn stranger met me in the suburbs the other day and said good morning your reverence preach in the stone church yonder no doubt no i don't i'm not a preacher really i beg your pardon captain i trust you had a good season how much oil oil what do you take me for i'm not a whaler oh i beg a thousand pardons your excellency major general in the household troops no doubt minister of the interior likely secretary of war first gentleman of the bedchamber commissioner of the royal stuff i'm no official i'm not connected in any way with the government bless my life then who the mischief are you what the mischief are you and how the mischief did you get here and where in thunder did you come from i'm only a private personage an unassuming stranger lately arrived from america no not a missionary not a whaler not a member of his majesty's government not even secretary of the navy ah heaven it is too blissful to be true alas i do but dream and yet that noble honest countenance 
those oblique ingenious eyes that massive head incapable of uh, of anything your hand give me your hand bright waif excuse these tears for sixteen weary years i have yearned for a moment like this and here his feelings were too much for him and he swooned away i pitied this poor creature from the bottom of my heart i was deeply moved i shed a few tears on him and kissed him for his mother i then took what small change he had and shoved End of chapter 66